Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about consequences. And consequences have different meanings for different people. So we thought it would be helpful to kind of tease apart consequences in the way that I'm referring to them in a way that might be beneficial to a child. And those would be ones that we sometimes refer to as natural consequences. They're just the result of a choice that was made or perhaps a mistake or perhaps forgetting something or maybe playing with something too rough and it breaks. And the natural consequence was that it broke. Natural consequences. These are things that happen without having to be imposed. And that brings me to the other kind of consequence. And those are imposed consequences. So first, natural consequences. These are the results of our actions, or in some cases, our inactions. And these consequences, the natural consequences, are things that help us that are beneficial because we can learn from them. It's very different than the experience of a consequence that has been imposed on a child in order to try and teach a child a lesson. Those types of consequences, imposed consequences, are more similar to a punishment. Now, in today's kind of positive discipline, positive parenting world, people get confused and they start using these terms in a way that might be really confusing to them as a parent or a teacher, and also very confusing to the child on the receiving end of these different types of consequences. And what could make things even more confusing is sometimes these imposed consequences, the ones that are more like punishments, are sometimes even referred to as natural consequences or even sometimes logical consequences. So it gets even more muddied up for both the parent and the child. So my hope today is to be able to, again, kind of explain the difference, give you some examples of natural consequences and imposed consequences, and then really get to the root of how consequences help us uh, or help our children rather to grow and develop and learn from their experiences versus an imposed consequence, which oftentimes backfire. And I'm going to go into why they typically can backfire in a little bit. But first, let's talk about these natural consequences. And I'll give you a few more examples than the, the one I already did about the breaking of the toy. So 
a natural consequence. Again, that is something that is a direct result of our action or inaction. So a couple easy examples to think about. A natural consequence of a child not doing their homework would be that they would show up the next day to school and their teacher would say, where's your homework? And they would have to say, oh, I didn't do it. And then they would have to have a conversation with the teacher. They might have to make a plan to make up the work. They may have to sit out for an activity until they get finished. That's a natural consequence of not doing homework. Another example would of a natural consequence would be a child who maybe forgets to bring uh, their lunch to school. And so they forget to bring their lunch the natural consequences, they have to figure out how to get a lunch. And usually at schools, they'll have some type of a system where if you forget your lunch, you can have the hot lunch and you kind of just have an IOU. Maybe a child needs to have kind of the snacks on hand that the teacher has to give them. That would be the natural consequence of forgetting to bring your lunch to school. Another idea of a natural consequence might be a child who just loves sweets, cannot eat enough sweets. And so they kind of sneak up into the pantry and they eat just a ton of cookies and maybe some candy, and then they don't feel good. They feel sick to their stomach. Well, the natural consequence of eating lots of junk food, lots of sugar is they don't feel good. And then that's the result. So on the other hand, now what are these imposed consequences? Well, an imposed consequence is where somebody has to then issue a consequence. This to a child feels like a punishment. Now, some people are using this and they, yeah, they're full well and know that this type of imposed consequence is a punishment and that is their intention. They're parenting with the idea that unless a child has some type of a punishment issued after they have made a, a choice, a mistake, something of that nature, they will never learn. And unfortunately, this is a school of thought that is kind of rooted uh, back in the 50s and back again to this whole idea of the only way that people, that children can learn and grow out of problematic behaviors or learn from their mistakes is for there to be some type of a punishment to kind of make them feel stressed. And then that will help them learn to avoid future problems. And on the flip side, of course, is if they do something good, the idea is, oh, you reward them. You give them some type of a prize or something to incentivize them to do the same thing again in the future and not make the same types of mistakes. Unfortunately, what we have learned over time, and there's countless, countless studies that prove that the use of imposed consequences of punishments actually adds to more problematic behavior down the road. And it also has some other impacts that people are maybe less aware of. A child who is um, subjected to a lot of imposed consequences, a lot of punishments, tend to start feeling very controlled, very criticized, and it really can impact their self-confidence, their feelings of self-worth, and their inherent dignity. They feel punished. And so what happens is rather than learning from the natural consequences of 
something that they did that was a problem and focusing on that and learning and growing from that, they instead start focusing on the punishment, the imposed consequence. That actually is not the goal, nor should it be the goal. If a child makes a mistake, let's say they are playing with their sibling's um, toy and they're playing with it and then it breaks. The natural consequence of that toy breaking is, oh my gosh, I broke the toy that belongs to my sister. I'm now going to have to go tell my sister I broke her toy and she is going to be super upset and disappointed. Oh my gosh, I'm going to feel so bad about this. Okay, that is a natural consequence of a mistake whether it's accidental or not, whether the child knew they weren't supposed to play with this toy and did anyways, or it was fine for them to be playing with it, but they broke it anyways. They were playing with it too rough or maybe it was just a true mistake. What we want is that reaction. We want the child to feel a sense of responsibility, a sense of, oh my gosh, dread. Oh my gosh, I hurt my sibling um, by breaking their toy. I'm gonna have to figure out how to tell them and how to make things right. That is gonna lead to maturity. That is going to lead to what we wanna see in our children. On the flip side, If let's say a child, the same scenario happened and the parent came in and said, oh my gosh, you broke that toy. You know what? Now you're going to not be able to have any screen time for the rest of the week as a punishment for being careless with your sister's toy. What happens with that imposed consequence is the child, rather than being stuck in those feelings of remorse, of a sense of responsibility and a drive to try and make things right with their sibling when they've just been dealing with a natural consequence of the mistake or the um, choice to play with something and break it. If, if they're not being able to focus and tap into those feelings, you're basically hijacking the opportunity for them to learn the really valuable pieces from this experience. And by giving them and issuing them some type of a punishment or so-called imposed consequence, what happens is they focus on that. So now they're feeling stressed and upset about the loss of something. I just used the example of loss of screen time for a week, for example, because it seems to be a pretty popular go-to consequence for parents these days. What What do kids really love and can't get enough of? Their screen time. So it's an easy thing to take away and remove from children and get a big response from them because they don't like to lose their screen time. So instead of focusing on what we want them to focus on, feelings of remorse, feelings of responsibility, and a drive to make things right, they're going to focus on their loss of screen time. And so what you've done is basically prevented your child from going through this really, really important, um, deeper level emotional work that could be really, really helpful if you left the natural consequence alone and instead supported your child and said, wow, you feel really bad about that. You wish you'd go back in time and play with that toy more carefully, but this happened, you broke it. Okay, so what are you gonna do to make things right? And then you could help the child make a plan. Well, gosh, maybe I could maybe I could do some extra chores around the house and I can find a way to earn some money so I can replace the toy. Or maybe I can give my sibling something of mine um, to replace the thing that they that was broken. If the flip side, the parent said, you know what? You broke this toy. Now you're gonna to have to do some chores and earn the money back. 
you know, the child may have come to the same decision when they were trying to figure out how to make things right as a result of the natural consequence of realizing they had disappointed their sibling. But if you imposed it as a punishment, well, gosh, now they're just looking at, oh, my mom is so mean. She made me do these chores and I'm resentful. I don't want to do them. You're basically taking over this natural process that could be happening if you let the natural consequences do their work. There are other reasons why imposed consequences don't work. And that's what I want to go a little deeper in now before I get to natural consequences and some more examples of which might be um, natural consequences of certain common problems that happen for children. So why don't imposed punishments work the way that they, we wish they did? Well, like I said, sometimes the punishments, the imposed consequences, sometimes they do seem to work, but that is temporary because a child is basically responding to being controlled by some outside means as opposed to developing that inner compass that tells them to, oh gosh, I better make a different choice next time. Oh, I better do something to make things right with my sibling. Another reason why these imposed consequences are problematic is because they oftentimes are issued at a time when a parent is angry and frustrated. And we tend to issue very harsh punishments when we're angry, and those can be highly wounding on our children. Another problem is that imposed consequences can create a negative view of oneself or a child. A child might feel very, very wounded by imposed punishments when they're used so often, and particularly if they are very harsh and they come to believe that they deserve to be punished and treated cruelly. And that is actually not a helpful way to approach this. We want our children to feel like we understand they made mistakes. That does not define them. When we say, you're a bad kid, you made a mistake, you hurt somebody, you're going to be punished for this. It doesn't really allow them the chance to kind of acknowledge that they made a mistake, but that again, that mistake does not define them. When you're overusing imposed consequences, it starts to define them. They start to see themselves as a problem, a child who is just only capable of bad behavior, bad choices. Another problem with imposed consequences is it oftentimes can lead to a child feeling like they want to seek revenge. They focus, like I said, on being mad at the imposer, typically the parents, versus on tapping into those feelings of regret, remorse, sadness for having done something wrong or made a, a mistake or did something hurtful. We want our child to be sitting in that discomfort, not in a space of anger and resentment towards us by focusing on this punishment, this consequences that we have imposed on them. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. And the other piece, and this is probably the biggest one that I want to focus on and highlight, is that an overuse 
of imposed consequences slash punishments leads to emotional distance and disconnect between parent and child. When children and their parents have a deep and secure attachment, you typically find you don't need to use a whole lot of consequences, imposed consequences. Why? Because the very attachment itself renders a child focused and oriented towards wanting to be good for their parent, wanting to please their parent, not wanting to do something that might cause harm to their relationship. That is the real benefit. The biggest benefit of having this strong, close attachment is the fact that you don't need to impose some type of a punishment to get your child to fall into line. That attachment and the fear of doing something to disappoint their parent, that should be the driving, that should be the driving force that would help a child resist the impulse to do something to break a rule. Now, kids are immature just by nature. They're going to make mistakes. But again, if you then step in with a punishment instead of coming to your child and say, wow, you made a mistake. I know you know better, but you didn't do better in this moment. So let's talk about what's going on there. Let's get to the root of the issue. I think what's going on is whatever it is. This is, again, the key to looking below the behavior to determine the root cause. So looking beyond the behavior, thinking, okay, this thing happened. Why is that? Could it be that my rules are too restrictive? Could it be that my child in that moment was just at a real point of frustration and acted out out of anger and frustration. Okay, that's the case. Why go give them some punishment that's going to cause even more frustration in them? Let's figure out what's driving this frustration that may be causing some problematic behaviors in the first place. So if you're continuing to focus on punishments and issuing consequences versus looking at why these problems are happening in the first place, you may be causing more and more of a disconnect and therefore need more and more of these types of imposed consequences. And that is not the place from which you want to be parenting. You do not want to be parenting from a place where it's all about giving punishments, removing privileges, taking away favorite toys or things that they like to do, play dates, giving grounding. If you're parenting from that position, Frequently, you need to take a look at the why. It could be that your child does not feel connected and attached. If they don't feel connected and attached, why would they care about your rules? Why would they care about um, disappointing you or doing something that might be hurtful to another person? So we want to turn on that, again, that relationship energy and spend our focus on our relationship with the children so that the idea of breaking a rule would feel really uncomfortable. And they would realize that I made a mistake. I'm going to have to come forward and tell my parent that I did this thing. I feel so terrible. That's natural consequence. That is where we want our children to be operating from. Not, okay, thanks for coming to me with that. Now you're going to have a punishment. That is going to not make your child feel safe in continuing to come to you and admitting when they make mistakes and feeling supported by you to make things go the right direction. I've got a couple examples now of some, either some things that I've experienced or that a friend or uh, one of my clients has a, a story they have told me. 
and then just some general common problematic behaviors. And I'm going to give you an example of what might be a common imposed consequence that parents might give and instead a natural consequence that I think would be the real benefit to let happen. So the first one I want to give is the classic um, child grabs some scissors and cuts their hair. So a child cuts their hair and they have this crazy haircut and a parent is thinking, what do I do? What do I do? Well, okay, what's the natural consequence of a child who grabs scissors and cuts their hair into a crazy haircut? Well, they have to go around with a crazy haircut. <laughs> That's a natural consequence. Now, yeah, you may be able to repair it. I've had a few self-given haircuts in my children through the years. And I have, okay, well, you didn't have bangs before, but I guess you have bangs now. And we've had to let unfortunate haircuts grow out. And that was the natural consequence. A parent, though, may sometimes say, oh, you know what? You cut your hair. And so therefore, you're not going to have any play dates for the next month. Why? Why? There's no need to give a punishment on top of a natural consequence. Let the natural consequence play out. Okay, another example. Another example would be um, a parent gives a no or sets a boundary or a rule and the child goes and does it anyway. And I have an example, a friend of mine, um, her daughter um, wanted to wear a very thin jean jacket to school on a very cold school day. And her mom said, nope. You need to wear, um, you know, your thick coat because it's cold today. Well, lo and behold, the little girl snuck the jean jacket to school and put it on. And when she came home, she had it on underneath her, her warmer coat and she showed her mom. Now, this is actually a friend of mine. And she said, I could go ahead and share this example. Um, when she, when her daughter came home and had worn the jean jacket, she said, okay, that's it. You don't get to wear the jean jacket for the rest of the week. And this was like her new piece of clothing that she was really excited about. And when she was talking to me about it and said, you know, was that the right way to go? Was that too harsh? I go, okay, well, when your daughter broke, and this is something that this little girl had not really broken rules before. And this was really kind of shocking to her mother. And so when she came home and told her mom, I wear the jean jacket, I said, well, when your daughter told you, did she seem remorseful? Did she feel bad? Oh, yes, absolutely. You could tell she felt really badly that she'd broken the rule. And I'm like, that is where you want her to be. That was the natural consequence of breaking the rule was knowing that she had disappointed you, knowing that she had done something that was against the rules that this person she loved so dearly, her mother had set. And that didn't feel good to her. They didn't feel comfortable. And guess what? That's more likely to help her resist the impulse to break a future rule. Now. By imposing now a consequence on top of that, saying you can't wear your jean jacket for the rest of the week, you have caused a bit of a disconnect. And that can actually make her more likely to break a rule and be sneaky and not tell you next time. So she went back and she said, you know, I changed my mind. Um, you know, I, re I in the moment, I recognize that you felt bad about it. But, and I think that's enough. I think you learned your lesson and I know I can count on you not to do it again. That key there, that drawing out that good intentions, I can count on you to not do it again next time. That fills a child up. That does not create a negative view of the self. That does not damage a child's feeling of self-esteem or make them feel like, God, I'm just a rule breaker. I, I break rules and I'm a bad kid. That 
is bringing out the very best in your child by saying, you know what? I know you're not going to do it next time. I know you learned your lesson. It doesn't feel good to break a rule. And I'm really proud of you for, you know, coming forward and telling me the truth. And you can leave it at that. Then you don't damage your relationship and the child still learns. Okay, here's some other examples. The child has a set of chores to do and they don't get them done. Well, a, a punishment might look like, all right, that's it. You have to go to bed early. You didn't get your chores done. Versus a natural consequence, which would be, oh, you didn't get your chores done. Well, we're not going to be able to play that game until those chores are done. Here, how about I get you started and get you organized so we can get through the chores? Or maybe the chores are too tough for you to do today. All right, I know I can count you to do them tomorrow. And you'll do them tomorrow before you get to have your half hour of TV tomorrow. Even though there is this other piece built in, the natural consequence is just you do your chores before you do TV. Oops, you forgot this time. I know I can count on you not to forget tomorrow. It has a different feeling. It comes out of a different place. It's not a punishment. It's a, I know I can count on you next time. Um, another one, I've already talked about the idea of damaging someone else's property. An example I gave earlier, um, a punishment for that might be to ground a child, um, but what would be way better is for that child to be part of the solution. Okay, you damaged something. How are we going to fix this? How can we make things right? And see if they can come up with an idea of replacing it and figuring out a way to replace that damaged piece of property. Um, okay, this is a real common one in my household. Um, I've got four kids and the little ones sometimes have a hard time sitting down at the dinner table and sometimes start getting really wild and crazy. Well, when they get wild and crazy, I could say, that's it. You've lost your dessert or that's it. You don't get to have any uh, TV time tomorrow or something of that nature. That would be an imposed consequence versus a natural consequence of the behavior. Oh, looks like you're done with dinner. Dinner time's over. It's different. It's not a punishment. It's a natural consequence of getting up and being squirrely and running around from the table. Dinner is done. Now, along with that, also, of course, dessert is also done. I didn't have to say you just lost your dessert. No, it says, oh, mealtime's done. Wow, that's a natural consequence that has the opportunity for a child to realize, gosh, if I don't sit and eat my food and get up and run around, my parents are going to think I'm done eating. And then I might be hungry or I might not get my dessert that I really like. So, oh, Next time, they're going to learn that experience. The next time, it's worth it to sit and stay at the table and not have dinner time be over. Um, another example, um, things having to do with school, I always encourage parents to let that go. Instead of getting into a battle about homework with your child, have the natural consequence be what they have to deal with when they go to school the next day and their work is not done. They've forgotten their homework. Now I'm talking about a child for whom has the ability to do better. We do have kids that need extra support when it comes to remembering and organizing, putting things in the right place, given their age, their stage of development. But when it comes to having all out battles at home and starting to get into threatening, threatening your child with some type of imposed consequence because they're not doing their work, they're not doing their homework things of that issue, that is not going to lead them to now side, okay, you know what, it's time to buckle down and do my work. 
the way that if you let the natural consequence of not doing their work or homework play out, when they go to school and realize I don't have this done, oh, that doesn't feel good to not be prepared. Now I'm having to talk to the teacher about it. Maybe now I don't get to go on to the next activity or lesson that the rest of class is because I get caught up on homework. That is a natural consequence that is going to build your child's ability to do better next time. That would be different than if you were jumping into this trap of having to always be issuing some type of a punishment. The real fact of the matter is, as I said earlier on this episode, kids naturally want to do good or endear themselves to their parents. We don't want them to be operating from a place of fear in terms of fear of our wrath or fear of some consequences. We want them to be making good choices because not to do so would cause a disconnect. They would have to face some really uncomfortable feelings by breaking our rule. If they're not feeling that, well, the problem is not, oh, I didn't pick the right punishment or consequence to issue. The real truth of it is if your child doesn't have that care about disappointing you, or letting you down, or not doing something that would be seen as endearing to you because of their behaviors, their choices, their mistakes, well, then it's a relationship problem. And you need to be looking at the strength of that parent-child attachment and working to increase that. We need to make it easier for them to be able to not continue to make mistakes. And we're not going to get there if we continue to go down the road of imposed consequences In a nutshell, we need to make it easier for our kids to follow and listen to us and obey our rules, not harder. We don't want our kids to fear our punishments. We want them to fear that separation and that disconnect that they will feel when they fail to live up to our expectations our rules. We want them to be in a place where to not listen to us would be unconscionable. And when they make a mistake because they couldn't do any better, they'll know it and they'll learn. And you can reach out to them in a way that could be supportive. You know what? You made a mistake. It's okay. I know you're going to do better next time. Let's figure out why that happened. And I'm going to help support you in figuring out a way to avoid that next time. It's not about matching a behavior that you don't like with the proper form of consequence that is really a punishment with a nicer name. Get out of that trap and start instead on letting nature take its course, letting those natural consequences play out. It's perfectly fine for your child to learn from their mistakes just by experiencing them. So the child is like, nope, I don't want my coat. It's, I'm not cold right now. I don't want my coat. Well, you're going to be cold if you go off to school without that coat today. Nope, I don't want one. And then get to school and they're freezing or it starts dumping rain. No need to now follow up with, see, I told you so, because that's going to hurt them. If they come, oh, I'm so cold. Gosh, well, maybe tomorrow I make a different choice. Maybe tomorrow you'll remember how cold you felt and go ahead and bring that jacket next time. That's all it needs. And that's not going to cause that disconnect that might lead to further behavior problems down the road because your child is not feeling supported when they make mistakes. So from today's episode, I hope you'll think a little bit more 
about the use of consequences, both natural and imposed, and when you might make a different choice when it comes to how you respond to a child when they make a mistake. I invite you to take a step back and get to the reason why the mistake was made in the first place. And instead of jumping right into issuing that punishment, that imposed consequence, instead take a step back and see if you could figure out if nature can teach the lesson through a natural consequence, or if your child just needs to kind of talk things through and help you kind of get to the root of why that mistake happened and help them come up with their own solution and way to make things right in the future. I hope this has been helpful and I hope you'll join me again on another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.